Hey, I'm Gabriel Goldfeder. I'm a Jewish life consultant, a.k.a. rabbi. The holiday of Pesach, of Passover, is on the horizon. And immediately after Purim, the holiday on which we invite everyone to bring plates and baskets and bags and boxes full of chametz, hamantashen and cookies and cakes and the like to our house and to give us gifts. Soon thereafter, we will point our attention towards ridding the house of those hamantashens and cakes and cookies, etc., because Pesach is coming. And if you are unfortunate enough to have, say, mice in your home and sometime during the festivities of Purim, these mice get a hold of a hamantashen and take it into their mouse holes, the question will arise on Pesach, to what extent are you responsible for seeking and finding chametz that may be in your house? And of course, you would be responsible for the chametz that's in your fridge and in your pantry, but are you supposed to know that a mouse may have taken a hamantashen to its mouse hole? How are you supposed to find the chametz that you don't know about? And so... The laws of Pesach, of Passover, indicate that a person would have to make a real effort to ascertain where might there be some chametz. And a person would be required to reach into some places to try to see if there is chametz there. But there's a limit on how far a person has to go to find and to remove chametz from their home. And the limit is called, in the language of the Mishnah, the place up until Yadomagia, the place up until your hand can reach. Meaning that even if you saw, say, a piece of chametz in the mouse hole in the wall of your home, and it was longer than your arm could reach, or longer than you could get with some kind of simple tool, you're no longer responsible for that. That is beyond the reach of your hand. In a parallel way, chametz. The idea of chametz is one of the classic metaphors or images that the rabbis use to describe the yetzer hara. And the question comes up, to what extent am I responsible for finding and eradicating the yetzer hara from my life? And the answer that's given is, ad sheyadomagia, to the place where your hand can reach, to the place that it is within your control. And granted, Let's admit that we are not all doing all that we can and must to do in order to manage and eradicate the Yitzhahara from our lives. There's certainly plenty more work that we can do, but it is also true that even if we were doing all that work, even if we were putting in all the effort, even if we were super focused and super committed, there's still some Yitzhahara that we can't reach. There's some amount of Yitzhahara that is simply built into the system of who we are as human beings, both individually and collectively. There are elements and aspects of who we are and how we be that are part of the basic operating system. And there's nothing we can do about it. And it is that level of the Yitzhah which is addressed by Yechezkel, by Ezekiel, who gives us the sixth name of the Yitzhah which is Evan, 
which is stone. The Gemara quotes Yechezkel Alamidvav, that's 36, verse 26, where it says, Benatati lachem lev chadash, I will give you a new heart. Beruach chadasha etain bikirbachem, and I will place a new spirit within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh. And I will give you a heart of flesh. And that sounds lovely, but it conveys and betrays a certain kind of despair, a sense that the heart that I gave you cannot be modified. The work that we saw on the second day with Moshe, who tells us to remove the foreskin of our hearts, seems to have or have had limited effect. It's quite possible that that can only address certain aspects or certain levels of Yetzirah and the heart that it is upon. And we can remove that Yetzirah but it doesn't solve the problem. There's more to the point where removing a foreskin and circumcising a heart will not do it. Rather, we need an entirely new heart. What a wondrous thing it is to be told that there's a level of Yetzer that we're not going to be able to reach and we're not going to be able to solve or resolve. It's wondrous because it saves us from the misery and from the self-blame and from all manner of negative feelings we could have towards ourselves when we aspire to change and to shift and to grow and yet we find that we can't change and shift and grow past a certain point, at least by our own power. And rather than feel miserable about that, rather than hate on ourselves because of that, we say, thanks to Yechezkel's incredible guidance, we say, Hashem, Master of the Universe, I just can't do this on my own. I don't know how. I don't know what to do here. I'm trying. I'm committed. I want to. I want to serve you. I don't want to have these impulses and these tendencies. I don't want to get distracted. I don't want to be impervious to your guidance. I don't want to be stubborn, but I am. I'm recalcitrant and stubborn, and I can't get past this point. Please, you help. You help me here. You reach where I can't reach. You shine a light where I can't see light. You love me where I can't love myself. There's a powerful teaching from the Chidushe Harim, one of the early Hasidic masters. And once during the Purim meal, during the festivities, he told his Hasidim, his followers, he said, Purim Zman Ratzon Lakol. Purim is a time of great favor. Shat Rava de Rava. It's a time that's called in our mystical tradition the will of will, the deepest level of will. 
both in terms of our own capacity to narrow down and to get incredibly focused on what it is that we really want, but also in terms of what we can evoke from above that we hope to evoke from God, will and favor towards us, an absolute commitment to us and to the work that we're trying to do. These, said the Chidush Eherim, are available on Purim. And he said, Everyone can make it, they can act in such a way with God that Hashem will answer all their questions and fulfill all their requests for good. And in fact, he says, there's a law in the Shulchan Aruch, there's a halacha, that says, we're not, we're not super careful when we give out money on Purim. Anyone who extends their hand to you on Purim, you should give them. You shouldn't enter into cheshbonot and calculations, what's this person going to use this money for, etc. If someone asks you for money on Purim, you should give them money. No question asked. And similarly, we are asking God on Purim, and whereby ordinarily we might be questioned, do we deserve this? Do we deserve this, this goodness that we're asking for? But on Purim, God, like us, reflects this generosity without bounds and this willingness to give even to people who might not be so deserving. So the Chidosh Yerim continues, He says, They made it on Purim that a person will be obligated to drink until they don't know. Why? Why is that important, he says? In order that a person won't know what to ask. So here we are on a day when we can ask for anything. And yet, we're being told to reach a point to reach a level where we don't know what to ask. How does that work? So he told this to his Hasidim. And he Hasidim lead Chof the Shukharo, and all of his Hasidim, all of his followers started pushing towards his table. To bring their desires and their needs before him. And he said, But someone who knows what to ask for on Purim, that person's not really in Purim. That knowledge, that sense of knowing, that's as far as our hands can reach. That's the range in which we can operate. That's the range in which we can identify targets. We can identify patterns. We can identify tendencies that we have and we can do what we need to do and what we can do in order to try to solve them or rectify them or bring them in line, etc. But the space which is beyond, the space that is so systemic and so subtle that we can't even see it, let alone ask for it, that's where we need Hashem's help. We need Hashem to do that work for us because we can't do it for ourselves. So the beautiful, sublime work 
on Purim, but constantly, every day, to ask for the help that we need without even being able to direct our requests towards specific kinds of help that we need. It's not like I'm saying, Hashem, there's a hamantash in four feet into the mouse hole and I can't reach it. Can you help me get that? I'm saying, Hashem, I don't even know. I don't even know what's going on. I don't even know how infused I am or how controlled I am by Yetzer's that I can't even see. And so Hashem, I need you to do it. And on Purim, part of our work is to reach that point of trust in Hashem and also to reach a point of awareness about the limits of our power until we can finally say, Hashem, I'm going to shut off my knowledge right now. I'm going to let go of knowing. I'm just asking you, please, please do the work. Do the work on me, this Purim, work that I can't possibly do at any other time, work that I can't possibly do with the power and the skills and the tools that I currently have. Please, you do it. You, at this time when I'm not in control, you give me a new heart. You point my Yetzer towards you. Point my heart towards you. Give me a heart of flesh, a heart that's open, a heart that wants to follow you and wants to do what you want it to do. One way to understand that special mystical time that the Chidushe Harim referred to, Rava the Ravin, the will of will, can be understood as being able to say, I want to want that. It is my will to will that. And that, I believe, is the work that we can do. That's as far as our hands can reach. Not just on Purim, but at any time. To be able to say with sincerity and with conviction, I really want to want that. Right now, it's pretty clear that I don't. Right now, it's pretty clear that I'm far away from that. Maybe I've given up. Maybe I've been discouraged by trying to do the work and having been unable to really reach that point where I can really make changes. But I really want it. And on that day, Hashem says, okay, I'll take it from here. I'll give you a lave basar. I'll give you a heart of flesh because I know that you want it. Because I know that you can't reach that point, but you want it and you're committed to it, I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you take care of that Yetzer. I'm going to help you have a heart of flesh. I'm going to help you move forward from here. And hidden within this Yetzer is the question of whether we are willing and able to be helped. Are we somehow stuck on this idea that we have to do it ourselves? That we're alone in this work and it's our job and only our job to solve the problems, to fix the mistakes? Are we able to let 
someone come along despite the shame we might feel, despite the embarrassment or even frustration, and to say, I need help. I need help here. It's too big for me. This ability and this willingness to submit, to give in, to recognize the need for a higher power and for support from outside might well be the starting point or the gate, as it were, that allows entry into this work on the Yatzer. Our job is not to solve it. Our job is to want it badly. And our job is to allow for that help from outside to come in and to bless us.